Welcome to Esports Wrap. My name is Michael Amorgan. I'm your host. This week we're going to be talking about uh, esports and traditional sports and how they correlate and how they will probably start correlating um, into the future. Now, uh, it's going to be, I'm, go I'm going to go over a lot of different things and as usual, I'll try to break it down, make it pretty easy at least to understand. Uh, first off, the Asian Games uh, in 2022. These are going to be actual Olympiad Games, meaning that, you know, um, these are going to be ones that are tied into the Olympics. They they will be relevant to it, and they will more than likely start to, uh, if it goes well with this one, start to go into the other Olympics, and that would mean esports is then becoming a medal event in its own right alongside uh, traditional sports. Um, so there's going to be three games, three types of games, I should say. Uh, one is FIFA. The other one's going to be a MOBA, so that's probably going to be something along the lines of League of Legends. And the other one's going to be a real-time strategy game, so that's probably going to be along the lines of something like StarCraft 2. Um, just for information, you know, viewership is expected to reach uh, 1.9 billion by 2019, which is kind of insane considering when you already take into fact that esports viewerships, like the championships and stuff like that, tend to also beat some of the traditional sports in viewership. Um, I think the only one that really beats it, like off the bat, is the Super Bowl, with how many like unique people are actually watching. Um, just to give some more insight into it. Uh, the fact is, traditional sports, players, uh, team makers, well, like owners, uh, people who sponsor the traditional sports and stuff like that, they're actually already starting to move on to that esports uh, stage. So, for example, MLB is the Major League Baseball's um, BAM Tech. Well, they made an agreement with BAM Tech uh, to get exclusive rights to stream and, sorry, BAM Tech got uh, an agreement with the Major League Baseball. Um, anyway, 300 million was, get the exclusive rights to stream and monetize League of Legends tournaments. Um, MLB, MLB owns BAMTech, and I think they're going with a spin-off of it. Uh, it's, I believe it was being called MLB Am or ML Bam, however you want to say it. Um, so yeah, an entire sport league is, <laughs> for lack of a better phrasing, monopolizing another sport, uh, streaming and monetization. Uh, moving on, owners of traditional sport franchises like the Boston Celtics and AS Roma are also getting into competitive gaming. And 
ESPN, the the TV station that is known to cover sporting events, has also started to take on esports and cover some esports. Now let's let's delve a little bit more into that. The NBA is taking a stake into its own esports league. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. Like, if it's going to be doing, if a sporting league is going to go into it, much less the NBA, then why not go with an NBA title? And so that's what they're doing. They're partnering with Take Two Interactive, which is the same company that makes NBA 2K, and they're going to be making something called the NBA 2K E League which will start in 2018. Uh, teams will be managed by actual NBA franchises. 17 of these franchises have already agreed um, to like take on these teams. All 30 are expected to actually come on and join. Drafts will be done after virtual tryouts with five players picked for each team. Uh, the teams will follow something very similar. It's an 82-game uh, schedule leading to playoffs and championships. So they're really just continuing along with this. And they're going so far as to go to China. Um, and, you know, well, it kind of makes sense, you know, with the whole Asian uh, games happening there shortly. Well, not shortly, but in the next five years. Um, but they found a really good partner called Tencent. Now, Tencent is China's biggest gaming company, and they have partnered with this NBA 2K E-League to deliver real-time content in the best mobile platform, sorry, format possible. Um, this is, of course, quite interesting in the fact that, you know, they're, they're really wanting to get this as high up as they can now sidebarring just a little bit because uh i did of course you know mention that uh tencent is inside of this and since it seems that the asian games are going to be the first to really take up esports to the like on the same stage as physical traditional sports they I've done something interesting. Tencent has actually, uh, in the last TV airing season, created an anime. Uh, for those who are not quite sure what an anime is, an anime is a animated story. So it's a very highly graphical cartoon, uh, for lack of better phrasing. Um, now, okay. I'm back. Now, like I was saying, uh, Tencent has created an anime. Uh, this anime is based solely on esports. Yes, they do focus in on the, like the actual people behind the game, as well. But it's all revolved around esports. And so, to me, looking in from a different perspective it's really taking on a different effect it's almost like they're trying to hype up esports in the asian markets where it's already a really big and popular thing and who knows that might then come over into some of the other markets like the us and stuff like that to also try and build up 
the esports leagues and gaming and building up hype like that. And so it's a really interesting thing that they're that they're doing, and I'm quite interested in finding out how they're going to make it out. Not only that, but Tencent is also the same company. By the way, the name of that anime was Quanzi Gaosho, or the King's Avatar, and it's based on a light novel, not an actual game. But Tencent themselves have something quite interesting. They are actually the owners of Riot Games, which is also the owner of League of Legends. Um, so when you really think about it, like Tencent has a really high up leg here. Um, anyway, some NBA teams that are already in esports are like the Philadelphia 60, um, sorry, 76ers, who bought two teams in September of 2016, which were the team Diganus. Dignitas and Apex, and you know, granted those were League of Legends based, but the Miami Heat then followed after, um, well, close after I should say, with the Misfits, Magic Johnson, the Golden State Warriors, they invested in a team. Kobe Bryant's thinking about investing in into a team. Rick Fox, another Bahamian, um, has actually bought a team called Echo Fox back in 2015 which now deals with games like League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Super Smash Bros, Call of Duty, uh, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Injustice 2, Marvel, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Um, players like Shaq, Alex Rodriguez, Jimmy, Jimmy Rollins, the Sacramento Kings co-owners, Andy Miller and Mark Mastroff uh, also own stakes in stuff like uh, the RNG teams which is, a, of course, an, an esports team. Team Liquid, another team, was actually bought up by Peter Grubin and Monumental Sports and Entertainment CEO Ted Lenos, sorry, Lenosis, which combined, both of them own a total of seven national sports teams, including the Golden State Warriors, uh, Washington Capitals, and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, now, both the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, have expressed their interest in NBA's new esports league, like I had mentioned earlier, and that they would have had their own teams in it. And the Boston Celtics player, Jonas Gerbeko, uh, even went so far as to buy his own franchise in August 2016. And 2017, Italian soccer team AS Roma, again, previously mentioned, partnered with Fnatic for a FIFA-specific team. Now, it's not just, like, NBA and NLB people. Like, the NHL is also getting in on this. For example, uh, the IFK Helskini, and I probably said that name so wrong, but there are, the NHL is, a national, is the National Hockey League. Um, they made a Overwatch team, and the Boston Bruins parent company, Delaware North, partnered up with Team Splice, where they will, are going to be offering TD's Garden um, as a home facility to the team with events to take place in the arena in the future. It will also offer expertise in sales and marketing as well as events and broadcasting. So, I mean, all in all, more than 40 sports clubs worldwide are tied into esports in some form or another. Heck, we could even look to uh, Mexico. Mexico soccer club, Team America, uh, has actually started high interest in joining esports. 
when it comes to people who are endorsing um, traditional sports like Red Bull, for example, they have built a training facility in Santa Monica just for esports players. And this lab, which is still in development, is I think last article that I read pretty much said that uh, they only have it for one person at a time at the moment, but they plan on building it up for that. But it aims to measure, deconstruct, train key gaming skills with the goal to enhance the performance of novice and pro gamers. Of course, and I'm going to start quoting here, there are obvious differences in an esports athlete versus a traditional or action sports athlete and that they aren't propelling their bodies during their event, Kimberly Pro, esports performance manager at Red Bull says. However, esports players are utilizing skills and mechanics such as hand-eye coordination and their physiology impacts performance. Players train for hours throughout the day to perfect their craft, but only play playing the game is no longer enough to remain competitive, which is true, which is completely true. Um, you need to do a lot of other stuff and like there's the whole wellness element to it as well, but that's for another topic. Uh, back into this quote, well, in someone else's quote, athletes in general are not aware of their visual strategies, which is what Eberhard Schmidt, managing director of SMI, says. Seeing their own gaze patterns, so just breaking it off right there, that's pretty much like where they're looking during the game so that they know to what, they, what they're focusing on, I guess you could say. Um, Seeing their own gaze patterns sometimes surprises them and makes them look differently at their play. So that means that sometimes they, by watching this information and seeing where their eyes are, they can then realize, hey, I shouldn't actually be looking there. I should more probably be looking over here and paying more attention to this instead of paying so much attention to this over here. Now, the concept is to match gameplay data and stats with players' biometrics and team interactions such as eye tracking, brain states, heart rate, um, galvanic skin response, facial patterns, team communication, so, and, you know, they go really in-depth with it to give a, a much bigger insight into what really goes on to the performance of an esports player. Now, Paul, the, uh, the first person that I quoted, says that esports... Uh, Red Bull esports athletes are now looking at stats, running plays, doing se securing performance coaches to improve their gameplay. So yes, they're even looking at performance coaches, which is something that you never really quite hear of other than in traditional sports. Normally when you hear of coaching, you hear of someone that's trying to just like help them get better in the game. So there's a lot of other things that are now taking place in it now that traditional sports are now coming and almost melding a little bit into esports. Um, now, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back just a little bit into the viewership part of it. Now, esports events have already exceeded viewership in many traditional sports leagues, including those of the NBA and MLB. Again, those that's the National Ball Association and the Major League Baseball. Uh, in the EU, however, Sky TV and ITV 
also owned 33% of an esports show called Ginks TV. Meanwhile, Activision's Blizzard um, bought MLG, which is a, a major league gaming, um, in preparation for what many have said is its plan to become the ESPN of esports, which may come around, um, and this is just me speculating, may come around the time of the Overwatch League. Now, I want to I want to pause here again, guys. If you have any comments or you know that you know you just want to ask questions or anything like that, feel free to just post inside Facebook's comments, or Facebook's comments, or in Twitch's live chat, and they'll show up here, and you know I'll answer them. But I wanted to to say this um, now. If some of those rumors are true, and like my speculation is true that you know it's going to come out during Overwatch's E League, uh, that could be kind of interesting. But they would have to also watch out because ESPN, like I said earlier, is also looking and starting to take on different uh, gaming events. Um, not only that, but then you know the whole thing with uh, MLB's BAM Tech or ML BAM is also another thing that's that's going to be coming into effect. So there's a lot of different players, and that's not even just it. Like conglomerates in are moving into it as well. Like Amazon's Twitch, which you know this is also streaming on right now. There's Google's YouTube Gaming. There's the partnership between Alibaba's um, Ali Sports and Yuzu. Or use Yozal, um, which are helping to raise viewership around the world, and then that's not even putting into effect things like the Big Ten colleges, which are also jumping on. Have already had an invitational back in 2016, where they got a massive amount of interest from fans looking to actually jump into this and, um, well, watch future games in these colleges. So, for example, Northwestern, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State, Purdue, um, Reuters, uh, Wisconsin, you know, all those, according to ESPN, are interested in doing esports. Um, these teams will be made up of six players each, and all players will receive a $5,000 scholarship. So yes, there's gonna be scholarships in esports now, not just you know regular traditional sports. Um, there are currently 25 colleges that offer esports colleges, sorry, esports scholarships in the United States alone, according to ESPN. Um, and in 2014, Chicago-based um, Robert Morris University became the first college in the U.S. to offer scholarship for students who compete in esports, which could total um, to about $19,000 a year. Uh, RMU Associate Athletic Director Kurt Mitchler told Chicago, I know at the time. So, I mean, all in all, esports is becoming really, really popular. And a lot of people are starting to take a look at it. It's it's going to become popular, even more so than it currently is. 
it's gonna get the viewerships and it already has the viewerships but it's still gonna get more it's gonna get the partners which it already is starting to get from even the traditional sports you're gonna probably find more and more traditional sports jumping on the bandwagon trying to you know either buy up teams that have nothing to do with their games or buy into these teams or start their own teams that are going to be playing the games that they currently do in real life sports hockey uh, baseball that kind of stuff uh, soccer so I would definitely say keep an eye out you know this kind of stuff it's not going away and um, yeah Uh, having some issues. Uh, boy. Okay. Well, I try to figure out what's going on on my computer. I would like to say to everyone, thank you for watching. Uh, apparently didn't get any comments this time, but you know, there's always next time. Now. As just something to remind everyone, this this show is for you guys. This show is to make you aware of what's going on, uh, bring you interesting information. And so, you know, if you're interested in actually being a part of the show, let me know. If you want to interact with me during the show, well, those two areas right over, over here, just comment. They'll show up there. I'll respond to it. And... Um, I guess I'll see you guys next week. Well, or you can watch me on my next show, Tech Talk, which is on Thursday at 6.30. Hopefully providing, you know, my broadcasting software isn't screwing up again. Uh, I'll leave it off at that. More cookies, signing up.